In sports betting, the holy grail for any gambler is the big parlay. It's the quickest way to make a ton of money, and that is what we're going to do here every single week. I'm Chris Horwoodell, and this is my quest for unimaginable riches through impractical odds. Welcome to In Pursuit of a Parlay. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of In Pursuit of a Parlay. I'm your host, Chris Horwoodell. Episode 9 of the show, getting to double digits. This is very exciting, and uh, as I like to say at the beginning of most episodes, as I've had the pleasure of saying at the top of most episodes, thank you so, so much for, uh, for the support so far. The numbers on YouTube just keep going up and up and up and up, and I know that, you know, we have... Uh, a very exciting time in sports right now that may be fueling that a little bit. I'm not naive enough to uh, believe that we're going to keep going up and up and up and up when it's uh, past March Madness, but I'm thrilled for it. I'm thankful for it. Please continue doing all the great things you're doing right now. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel so make sure you don't miss an episode of this or any of the other great programming we have coming for you. If you're watching this episode specifically, uh, please like it, please share it with anybody who would be interested, and you know, it's, it is beyond appreciated, is the way I would, I would put it. It is simply beyond appreciated, and it, it means a ton. If you're listening to the audio-only version, the podcast version of this show, you know, rate it, review, rate the rate the show. I'd love to get five stars, but honest ratings are also welcome. Uh, rate, review, comment, do all of that good stuff, and just thank you again for your support. So, we find ourselves in uh, an amazing time for basketball right now. Just an absolutely spectacular time. We've got two great Final Fours this weekend to look forward to. We're going to talk about the men's side. We're going to talk about the women's side. We're going to talk about some NBA games in addition to that to get our eight-pick parlay up. Two weeks ago, we had the winner. Last week, you know, there were some upsets. We'll leave it at that. But I feel extraordinarily good about this show this week. As I always do, I have BovadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. And we are going to use their lines. So... You know, let's address this. I have been asked a couple of times, why do I use Bovada? And it's, you know, quite frankly, it's just the site that I'm most comfortable with. It's my favorite of the sports books. There's, there's no real reason past that. It's, it's the site I like the most. I like the lines. I like the, uh, I like the interface. Easy to place bets. Easy to make my wagers. Easy to keep track of everything. So it's what we're going to use. It's what we're going to use for now. We'll see what the future holds. Maybe we'll mix it up at some point, but you do what you're comfortable with. And uh, why walk away from the best? Let's start men's college basketball. We're in Nolans at the Caesar Superdome. These games are going to be played on Saturday, April 2nd. So you've got a little bit of time, but we're going to have some games from tonight in the NBA, and we've got the women's college games tonight as well. So make sure you get your bet in in advance. Uh, full disclaimer, I already have a uh, 
I already have a six game parlay that I've placed that includes these games tonight and the women's games. I hit on a couple of NBA games as the first like of that parlay a couple of nights ago. So I feel good about that. I think we've got a winner here and we're gonna place this, uh, this eight teamer at the end of the show today. Let's start with, uh, with Villanova and Kansas. This is an interesting game because we're showing right about a 50-50 split, a slight lean towards Nova winning this one outright. And it's, it's gonna be a fascinating game because last week I said you don't, you don't pick against Jay Wright in the tournament. And there's something to be said about that. Given the struggles from Colin Gillespie and the struggles from Justin Moore and then the eventual Achilles injury to Justin Moore near the end of the game against Houston, I'm honestly shocked we're talking about Villanova playing Kansas in this championship, in this, in this final four game for the right to go to the championship on Monday. That speaks to how talented the rest of this roster is. It speaks to how strong the game plan was to contain a an electric Houston team. All, all credit to Jay Wright. Uh, some sounds apparently we can't mute. All credit to Jay Wright. He deserves the credit here. Nova's coming off of that 50 to 44 win against Houston, but like I said, the Achilles injury to Justin Moore is going to change things. This Nova team is not a deep team to start off with. And this is going to mean more time for Chris Archidiakono, and that's not a great thing, uh, especially against these Kansas guards. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see how Jay Wright adjusts. Does Jermaine Samuel swing down and play a little bit, and play a little bit more with Gillespie uh, and Caleb Daniels, or do they go bigger? I know there were issues rebounding the ball last last week against Houston. Especially in the first half. The second half, they figured things out a little bit. But the first half was a disaster. It seemed like Houston was just getting offensive rebound opportunity after offensive rebound opportunity. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Move on to Kansas. They're coming off of a pretty easy win over Miami. The What do you say about that? I mean, Miami was overmatched. All, all credit to them for getting to the Elite Eight but you run up against this number one Kansas team, the lone remaining number one Kansas team, uh, number one seed in the tournament, and it just it wasn't really a game. It, at no point was it really a game. Outstanding game for McCormick, outstanding game for Brown. Uh, Agbaji was... He's, he's interesting because of how passive he is. I, I feel like... O'Shea should be a guy who gets 15 to 20 shots a game. He, but you wonder, does he have that alpha mentality? I don't know. Uh, it, it concerns me because all of the physical tools are there for him to be an absolute stud, especially at the college level. And there's a passiveness. And maybe it's just a desire to play within the team, and that's admirable. But, yeah. Uh, I'd like to see him be more aggressive. He's an interesting NBA prospect. Villanova is going to have a hard time with Jalen Wilson. That's the biggest thing that occurs to me in this game. Jalen Wilson has done a really nice job rebounding the ball in the tournament for the Jayhawks. 
The 6'8 power forward, you know, I would assume is going to be matched up against Eric Dixon on the other side. Dixon is one of the reasons that Villanova advanced against Houston. He played very well, hit a big three. It's going to be a fun matchup to watch. So we're showing Villanova covering this thing about 58% of the time. So, slight favorite towards Villanova winning. Favorite towards Villanova covering. And... This is why I think there's an opportunity here. And it's not the one that I, I would like. I would love to jump on this plus 160 Villanova money line, but I don't think it's there. I think this is gonna be the end of the road for the Wildcats, unfortunately. I think the Justin Moore injury is gonna prove difficult to overcome. We're gonna go Kansas minus four to cover. This is a, a gut feeling. This is not, not being a homer. Kansas, minus four to cover, is our first pick in today's parlay. And it uh, it does absolutely positively break my heart to say that. Moving on to the Duke-North Carolina game. Could you have asked for this? Could you have asked for anything better? This is this is drama. This is, this is why we love sports. This North Carolina team, in what was going to be the last matchup between Duke and North Carolina in the Coach K tenure, this North Carolina team kind of put it on Duke about a month ago. I think that's going to end up being a very bad thing. That win is going to end up being a, be a very bad thing for them right now. This is a, Duke's starting to figure stuff out, starting to come together. Mark Williams looked very, very good last week. We're showing that Duke is going to win this one about 68% of the time. North Carolina, you know, all, all the credit in the world that they have gotten here. That win over Baylor in the in the second round was probably the most impressive in the tournament. Good win over UCLA in the Sweet 16. Simply overclassed uh, St. Peter's athletically and talent-wise in the Elite Eight. North Carolina 28-9 in the season. It seems like this is probably where the end is. Uh, it seems like this is where the Cinderella story is going to stop. And uh, we're, we get to see Coach K with some comeuppance here. But that's not to say the North Carolina team isn't talented. They are. Uh, it's, it's been fun to watch Brady Manick figure things out outside of a, uh, outside of a Trey Young-driven world. Who would have thought? Um, who would have thought that this guy who was just kind of watching Trey Young play basketball so many years ago was going to turn into this kind of player for North Carolina? Even a borderline NBA prospect. There's a there is a place for guys who have that kind of uh, that kind of skill set, the ability to shoot the ball from deep. Baycott's been a monster. 12.8 rebounds a game. Caleb Love is what he's been consistent. You know, he's he's never turned into the star that we thought he was going to as a five-star prospect. But 15.7 points, 3.4 rebounds, 3.7 assists. 37% from three. He's a good player. Not a great player. Problem is, this Duke Blue Devils team is, well, they're loaded with great players. Um, it is worth pointing out, outside of a 17-point win against Cal State Fullerton in the first round of the tournament, they haven't really hammered anybody. A nine-point win over seven-seed Michigan State, a five-point win over three-seed Texas Tech, 
a nine-point win over four-seed Arkansas, the Eric Musselman team last week. And boy, there if you can buy stock on any team, you want a, an interesting futures pick at Bavada. That that Arkansas team would be a team to watch out for. I think they've got uh, three McDonald's All-Americans coming in next year, including Nick Smith Jr., who is just, he's electric. They are, they're not overperforming. They're not going away. Arkansas is probably going to be even better next year, and that's it's going to be scary for the rest of that conference. But we're going to have plenty of time to talk about Arkansas next year. Duke is just loaded. Uh, I the, the apology tour for Paolo Bancaro, and my personal apology tour, continues. I did nothing but say he should be the third pick in the draft all year. And then he's the guy. He's the draft pick that has elevated his stock the most in my mind during this tournament, at least of the top prospects. He has shown that the game's not too big for him. He's shown the ability to take over and to make clutch plays when needed. He shot three fairly well. He handles the ball. I want to see him rebound more. You know, I want to see him rebound more. But he is the safest pick of any of these top three guys in, in Holmgren and Jabari Smith in, uh, in Bancaro to, you know, to be a good NBA player. He's going he's gonna to help the Magic. He's going to help the Pistons, one of those teams next year. But Duke's just too good. They've, they have been figuring stuff out. They look comfortable. Now... We do show that North Carolina is going to cover this line, which minus four at Bavada, about 63% of the time. I don't buy it. <laughs> I, I don't buy it. I think these stats are fun during the regular season, but once we get into this part of the year, I don't think they're quite as applicable. I really don't. As long as Duke and whoever it is, Wendell Moore or Trevor Keels or A.J. Griffin can keep, can can stay in front of Manic and just not give him open jump shots, I think Duke's going to roll to this. I think they're going to roll to this win. Um, I would be shocked if it was this close. We're going to hop all over the Duke cover, minus four, which is minus 110 at Bavada. And that is going to move our parlay. Now two picks in. Must, might be a long show. Now two picks in to plus 257, as you can see right here on the screen. This, if you want a little bonus pick, not that we can place the bet right now, but if you want a little bonus pick, Duke to win the national championship. Uh, you know, there, there are storybooky elements to it. Coach K winning another national championship and then uh, stepping away. And that's all, you know, that's all fine and dandy, but it it's probably going to happen. Duke winning the national championship is the most likely outcome. And if you want to go exact result, which I know Bavada has as well, Duke winning the national championship over Kansas. I think I saw that. I don't have it in front of me here because I don't want to leave the screen for you guys. But I believe that was um, plus 225. Last time I saw it, that feels really good. That feels like feels like free money. Let's turn our attention to the women's final four, which is also going to be absolutely outstanding. 
we've got Louisville and South Carolina. We'll scroll down to this right here. The women's side down a little bit further. Louisville and South Carolina. And this is South Carolina minus eight and a half at Bavada. That's a, that's a big line for a Final Four game, but also South Carolina is, you know, they're that good. Uh, this is this is a really, 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 really good South Carolina team led by National Player of the Year. Uh, I think she was one of the two best players in the country for sure, but National Player of the Year officially, Aaliyah Boston, the forward, who's averaging 16.8 points per game in uh, 27 minutes. Everyone who has listened to the show, everyone who's listened to any show that I've done knows I think Caitlin Clark's the best player in women's college basketball. I think she should have been National Player of the Year. But that is no disrespect to Aaliyah Boston, who is an unbelievable player in, in her own right. And the driving force for why the South Carolina team is as good as they are. She's also been outstanding. Uh, been outstanding this year. I mean, the one concern that I do have, and we'll talk about Louisville in a second, the one concern that I do have is how dominant a force Boston is in the post. 16.8 points per game and 12.2 rebounds, up from uh, 11.5 last year. Really good, and 2.5 blocks. Aaliyah Boston's a beast, there's no question about that. And I think this is going to be the big reason why they're going to, you know, spoilers, probably win this game. Looking at Louisville, they were 29-4 on the season, good for second place in the ACC. They beat Albany, they beat the Zags, they beat Tennessee, they beat Michigan last uh, last round, 62-50. to 50. And this, uh, this Louisville team is led by Haley Finlith. No question about that. One of the most fun players in the country, an explosive scorer, 14.5 points, 3.4 rebounds, 2.2 assists for Van Lith on the season while shooting 36.4% from three. Uh, just a dynamite offensive player and an adequate defensive player, 1.2 steals per game. Van Lith is, is the reason that this team has gotten as far as they have. There's... No disrespect to the rest of this roster. There are other good players on this roster, um, including Kiana Smith and, and Emily Engstler, but this is Haley Venless' team. Can Engstler rebound against Aaliyah Boston? This is the big concern of this game. I don't know that the six foot one Emily Engstler can rebound against National Player of the Year, Aaliyah Boston. But I also don't like this eight and a half. Uh, that line concerns me a little bit. So, for the first time here, I think we're going to hop onto a money line pick at Bavada, which is South Carolina minus 500. That's going to be our official third pick, and that is going to take our parlay, now three picks in, up to, uh, up to plus 328 on the screen, as you can see right there. By the way, if you haven't, done so far please like this episode please like this show it helps uh, it helps other people find it and uh, we thank you for it moving on to the other women's game this week and this one's going to be a really fun one connecticut stanford i know it it's, goes without saying that if you get to the final four your team is going to have superstars on it and that is absolutely true here I think, you know, 
The UConn team tends to be thought of as Paige Beckers and the rest. But the nice thing about Becker's injury this year is that, as I've said in the past couple of weeks, it let other people step up. It let Kristen Williams step up and gain more confidence. And this isn't just a one-handed team. Becker's is outstanding. There's no doubt about that. And now that she's starting to come back and feel a little bit more, it seems like she feels more comfortable uh, coming back from that injury. It's It's scary. And also, let's not address the fact that this NC State-UConn game, double overtime win for UConn, as far as I'm concerned, it was the best game men's or women's side of the tournament so far. Unbelievably fun. Beckers plays 45 minutes, 10 of 15, uh, 27 points, 6 rebounds, an assist. Uh, AZ Fudd was outstanding, 19 points. Kristen Williams, outstanding, 21 points, 5 rebounds team's very good. Team is, uh, it, it's weird to talk about a UConn team being underrated, but this UConn team's underrated because of the, the Beckers injury, because they lost those five games during the regular season. They're underrated, and they are an opportunity here. They're they are a very interesting opportunity here. Let's move over and to the, uh, let's move over to the Stanford team. Actually, one more thought before we leave this. Also, Beckers, playing for a, a national championship at home, basically, a Minnesota girl. So a little little added motivation for Beckers there. The Stanford team is Team Cameron Brink. Brink, utterly outstanding. Just a force in the paint for Stanford. The six-foot-four sophomore from uh, Beaverton, Oregon, played 20, what, 21 minutes a game this year, 13.4 points, 8.1 rebounds, that's the only concern is Stanford does like the subs and Brink hasn't been on the floor as much as you would really, you would want someone who is that dominant. There's no reason she shouldn't be playing 25 to 28 minutes a game, only averaging 2.8 fouls. And I know there's some, some injury stuff there too, but 13.4 points, 8.1 rebounds, one of the better shot blockers in the country, 2.6 blocks per game. And that's gone all the way up to 2.9 uh, at home. So it comes down to the stars in this game. And for as good as Cameron Brink is, for as good as Haley Jones is, for as good as Lexi Hull is, Paige Beckers and Kristen Williams and AZ Fudd and, and the rest of that UConn team are, are too good. And at this point, we're really just... You hope that they're not, and I suspect they're not, but just looking ahead to that South Carolina UConn championship uh, on what something coming up. I'm not 100% sure when that championship game is. Soon. So we are going to take UConn Moneyline minus 110 at Bavada, and that's going to bring our parlay now four picks in up to plus. 718, as you can see on the screen. And I'm going to say, like, this is a lock. This is a lock. These four games right now are locks. We don't see a lot. You know, people talk about the NCAA tournament as something where it's upset after upset after upset. That tends to stop at a point. 
that tends to stop once we get into the Elite Eight, the Final Four. We don't see those crazy upsets anymore, largely because we don't see the opportunity for the, the 15s to get there. But we don't see those. It tends to go more chalk. And I think we're going to get chalk here, uh, aside from the fact that, for some reason, Stanford is the uh, is a slight favorite over UConn. That just goes to the disrespect. But UConn's the better team. I know Stanford 32-3 and three on the season, first place in the Pac-12. It's a really good basketball team. They're not as good as UConn. And uh, a bonus pick here. Yeah, I'm going to say South Carolina. A slight win over UConn in the in the championship game, but a game to look forward to. Let's turn to the NBA for a couple of games here to round out our uh, our picks this week. We're going to go Dallas Mavericks versus the Washington Wizards. We're going to show Mavericks winning this one about 66% of the time. Man, Luka, 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 Luka. Luka has been unbelievable. The Mavs have won four of their last five, five of their last six. They're 48 and 29, good for second place in the Southwest Division. Six games behind the first place Memphis Grizzlies. I know we're almost at the end of the year. It still feels weird to say. Luka's been unbelievable. And uh, first place Memphis Grizzlies. It just doesn't sound right. But all the credit in the world to, to John Moran, to Desmond Bain, to... Jaron Jackson Jr. and and uh, Valanciunas there. That they're such a good basketball team, and they're such a fun basketball team. Looking at the Wiz, the Wiz playing without Kyle Kuzma tonight, their leading scorer. But Porzingis has looked good, and they've won three of their last five games. 33 and 43, fourth place in the Southeast Division. 15 and a half back over first place Miami. We're showing that the we're showing that the boy this isn't this is really interesting this i think we should address the sataransky double double the one of the big reasons that they managed to beat the magic an unusual double double for sataransky who gets the double double with rebounds and assists you do not see it break that way very often Tends to be points and, you know, something else. But not how it went this time. The Mavericks averaging 107.1 points per game to the to the Wizards 108. It does, this over-under is appealing because of that. Um, the Mavs are 27-7 and seven as a favorite against the line. The Wizards 20-25-1 as an underdog against the Lions, a sub-500. You know, going into this one, nine points is a lot. And we're already sitting in plus 70, uh, 718. So I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna be a coward, I'm gonna hedge. I'm gonna say I think the Mavericks do cover this, but for the sake of winning this parlay, for the sake of safety, we're gonna take the Mavericks Minus 415 money line at Bavada. And that, as you can see on the screen right now, is going to bump our parlay. Now five picks in, up to plus 939. Why risk it, right? We're almost we're we're on the cusp of 10 to 1. Why risk it here? Play it safe. Make some money. Let's go to this Toronto. 
Let's go to this Toronto Raptors Orlando Magic game right here. We're showing we're showing the Mav uh, the Magic getting 11 and a half points. Raptors are going to win this one about 76% of the time. And they have been playing great basketball recently. Siakam has a triple-double, um, 12 points, 10 rebounds, and 13 assists. A career-high 13 assists for Siakam in a really impressive win, 125-102 uh, to win over a Timberwolves team that has been very good recently. The Raptors 44-32, and third place in the Atlantic Division, two and a half behind the Atlantic-leading Boston Celtics. One of the first times all year we've said that. Celtics have been... Celtics have been something recently. We're going to look at them in the next game. But this Raptors team also, you know, have won four out of five, and they actually beat the Celtics two games ago, 115 to 112. Orlando, on the other hand, 20 and 57. It's good for fifth place in the Southeast Division, one of the worst records in all of basketball. They're 29 games back behind the legally, uh, the division leading Miami Heat. Lost their last four and four of their last five, including losses to the Wizards, Cavaliers, and Kings. You hate to say rolling over, but it does feel like there's an element of rolling over going on in Orlando right now. That's fine. We're playing for the future. We're showing the Raptors are going to cover boy, cover this 11.5 about 61% of the time. They're playing for something, and you know, Orlando really isn't. We're showing the Raptors 25 and 17 as favorites against the spread. Orlando 31 and 37 underdogs against the spread. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Everything, this, this is very similar to that previous game because it does seem like we're in a position where the Raptors cover this. And the minus 115 versus the minus 635 money line at Bavada is tempting. For sure, nothing wrong with extra money, especially when all the numbers suggest that it, it's a solid play. But we don't need it. We're not going to be greedy. This is the power of the parlay. We're, we're stacking odds here. We're still going to sit in probably that plus 12 to 1, 13 to 1 on our money when this is all said and done. So we'll take the Raps money line, minus 635. Six picks in our parlay. Look at that. It's already 11 to 1, plus 11.02 at Bavada. That's real money. This is. This is an opportunity. It's. Look, I've said certainty. I've said certainty. And I do kind of feel like that. We haven't taken a bunch of risks here. And we've got we've got a big number just by being smart. Let's look Pacers, Celtics, right here. This is another. This is another big line. We're showing the Celtics are gonna win this one about 92% of the time. Indiana just doesn't have much going on right now. They've lost their last five, obviously, of their last five. Bogdanovich led the Hawks to a win over the Pacers, um, 132 to 123, a couple of nights ago. They just haven't been competitive. They're 25 and 52, fourth place in the Central, 23 and a half back. Obviously, there won't be a, a playoff type. This isn't a playoff type year for the Pacers. Brogdon's out. Duarte's out. There just isn't much that isn't out for this uh, this Pacers team who does seem to have packed things in. Uh, Justin Anderson actually got 32 minutes 
last week. Uh, part last game against the against the Nuggets. Goga Tadze got 33. Tyrese Halliburton is getting as much playtime as he wants as his, as his body healed, and Halliburton wasn't great. 15 is a lot of points. Uh, 15 is a lot of points. The Celtics, 47 and 30, one of the hotter teams in basketball, despite the fact that they've lost their last two to good teams, the Miami Heat and the Toronto Raptors. Good for uh, 47 and 30 is good for first place in the Atlantic, as I mentioned earlier. Half game over the Philadelphia 76ers. They've lost two in a row, but I'm not overly concerned. Uh, overly concerned with that. They were both competitive games. A three-point loss to the, the Raptors, an eight-point loss to the Heat, where Jimmy Butler had a a very strong game. Jason Tatum's elevated himself. He is um, he's trying to force himself into the MVP conversation. Probably a little bit too late for that. Uh, as it stands, but just playing unbelievable basketball. We're showing the Pacers to cover this 15, about 59% of the time. And this is, this is a dilemma, isn't it? This is a dilemma for us. The Pacers are 22, 22 and one as an underdog against the spread. The Celtics 29, 27 and one as a favorite against the spread. Pacers 14 and 12, slightly above 500 as a as an away dog against the spread. Celtics slightly under 500 at 15, 20 and one as a home favorite against the spread. This is a dilemma. There's a, no debating that. But I I would just hate to get into and I know I feel like cowardice is the uh, the buzzword of the day here. But I would hate to get into this situation where we've got we've got six of the eight already, and then the Celtics win by 13 to ruin this thing. That minus 1500 is not exciting. That minus 1500, you know, just looking at things. Well, a Pacers cover here would take our parlay up to it would double it. It would take it to plus 2246. Whereas that 1500 only takes us up to 12, uh, 1211 plus, plus 1211. But I, I think we have to play it safe. Let's, let's take the free money. Let's, there's no reason not to. So that is going to be our pick. Celtics plus, uh, pardon me, Celtics uh, money line at Bavada. Minus 1,500, seven picks in the parlay now sits, as you can see on the screen, plus 1,211, plus 1,211. 12 to one odds, you know, 12 to one on your money. It's not 22 to one, but it's a, there's a much higher chance, percentage chance in my mind of hitting on the 12 to one than hitting on that, that cover and jumping it up to, plus, to 22 to one not be greedy we're not here to be greedy we're here for free money and maybe we can add a little bit more here we're gonna move down to this Clippers Bucks game right here we're showing the Bucks are gonna cover this thing about 71% of the time they're gonna win this game about 71% of the time Clippers have won one of their last what eight games including one of their last five obviously 37 and 40 they're fading they're third place in the Pacific Division, 25 and a half behind first place Phoenix. 25 and a half back, and you're in third place. Granted, playing without Paul George, playing 
without Kawhi Leonard, but when isn't a Kawhi Leonard team playing without Kawhi Leonard at this point? They just gave up 50. They gave up a 50-piece to DeMar DeRozan in an overtime win a couple of nights ago uh, where the Bucks win, pardon me, the, uh, the Bulls win 135 to 130. Oh, man. The Bucks, 48 and 28. Just looking at some of these stats here and there, they're perplexing. The the Bucks, 48 and 28, first place in the Central Division, three and a half up on second place Chicago. Uh, they've won four of their last five. Only loss in there is a 25 point loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. Giannis is uh, much like Jason Tatum, trying to pull himself back up into the MVP race, all the way up to 30.1 points per game after a couple of couple of big games in a row. We're showing the clip are going to cover this thing about 57% of the time. The line at Bavada is uh, minus seven and a half, bucks minus seven and a half. So here we are, <laughs> do we? Because there's opportunity here. As you can see, there is opportunity here. So do we go for the gusto? Do we go for the, the bigger payout? Or do we play the thing safe? Let's look at where we could land. Bucks are probably going to win this game. I think, I think that's where we all stand. Bucks are probably going to win this game, and that minus three thirty would take our parlay up to <laughs> a system error has has occurred. Uh, would significantly bump up our parlay. Let's put it like that. I wonder if this game's been pulled for for some reason. But a Clippers cover, I guess we'll never know. A uh, Clippers cover, let's let's see if this game got pulled and that's where our problem is here. No, the problem is the Yukon odds have changed slightly. So, we have to we have to take these off real quick. We'll get them all right back. Got Dallas, Toronto, and Boston in the NBA. Just bring all of this back up. We had we had a an odds change in the UConn game, so we're gonna go Kansas cover. We're gonna go Duke cover. We're gonna go we're gonna go Mavs money line. We're gonna go Raptors money line. We're gonna go Celtics money line. We're gonna go. with the, the women's games. We've got South Carolina there, and we've got UConn, my, now minus 105 money line. Take that. And that gets us back up to our plus 1211. And then we're at this Clippers-Bucks game, which I think as you're seeing, this is the plight of the uh, sports better. This Clippers-Bucks game, has the odds have been pulled for a moment. So we find a fill-in eighth game. This is interesting. The Pelicans minus two over just a struggling Lakers team. This game is very interesting, interesting, but I'm worried. Actually, actually kind of like the Timberwolves plus 130 
the money line to, to outright win over the Nuggets. But we really just want to we want to win this thing. We want to we want to settle it down and win this thing. So we're gonna take the Spurs minus sixteen hundred. I know, not exciting, but it's gonna be our final pick. It's gonna take our parlay up to plus twelve ninety three. So basically thirteen to one on your money and guaranteed winners. All eight. I wanted a bonus game, but this was actually going to be a little bit of bonus money right there. So, 13 to 1, not bad, including two Final Four games. Very excited about that. Very excited about this weekend in general. Let's, I'm thrown off by this. I wanted, I, I, it was going to bring us up to like 18 to 1, and I felt good about that. But we, uh, we move forward and we adapt. So, this is our official parlay for the week. We've got our eight picks in. We've got Kansas. We've got Duke. We've got UConn. We've got South Carolina. Got the Mavs. Got the Celtics. Got the Spurs. And got the Raptors. And we've got plus 13 to 1. Guaranteed winners. Just like they are every week. All right. That's going to be it for this week's episode of In Pursuit of a Parlay. I've been Chris Horwardell. Thank you so much for listening. Like I said, Thank you so much for your support. If you haven't done so, like, share, subscribe on wherever you're listening to it. And uh, we will be back here next week. Thanks for listening.